Do you have a story to tell? Here at Rider on the Road, it's the journey that matters. Regardless of where you are on your riding journey, Rider on the Road will inspire you to take your dreams and make them happen. So sit back and enjoy the show as Melinda brings you guests who know what it's like to go it alone and who are willing to reach out to the rest of us by sharing their stories. Authors, publishers, entrepreneurs, people at all stages of the riding journey, just like you and me. It's time, dear listeners, to answer the question for yourselves. Do you have a story to tell? And welcome to another episode of Writer on the Road. I have a beautiful woman with me this morning and she's all made up and sitting here all glamorous, uh, Cassandra Gaysford. Now, Cassandra is from New Zealand and she's a couple of hours ahead of me and I'm going to put it down to that. I've just staggered out of the shower at 6 o'clock in the morning, but she's there at 8 o'clock. And before I let Cassandra introduce herself, I'm just going to say that we've just had a bit of a scan around her house and not only has she got on her walls, which we can't see anymore, I had to turn her around for the sun, um, but a beautiful beautiful uh, emblem from her latest book called The Art of Success, which we're going to focus on a lot today, which is why I've got Cassandra on. But also out her window, she's got the most amazing view of a river or a lake or something that just goes for miles and it's just stunning. So now I'm going to go and visit her as well. Welcome to Rider on the Road, Cassandra. Thanks so much, Melinda. You're actually looking out at the um, Bay of Islands. So I'm up here and just out of Kirikiri up in the Bay of Islands. And yeah, we're blessed to have that beautiful view. So I should have guessed the Bay of Islands. I have been there. Unfortunately, I was in a tent at the time with two children, uh, <laughs> camping out of a Quite car. a different experience. <laughs> oh, it's still beautiful, still wonderful. Yeah. The biggest thing that shocked me was the place was crawling in backpackers and we've got these magnificent views and everybody's taking photographs on their iPads and journaling and taking and I'm thinking, look yet, look up, see what you're missing. But they never, ever do. They're too busy saying, look where I am and look what I'm doing. And I'm going, I bet you enjoy it. Uh, yeah. Now, Cassandra. Uh, Cassandra is the founder of Work Life Solutions and I'm reading this so um, it sounds a little bit formal and I'm sure we don't want to be formal this morning. She's the best-selling health, uh, self-help author, so she's going to help me. And she's a romance and historical novelist. And I was reading that she's just gotten back from the New Zealand Romance Writers Conference. And I want to talk a little bit about that as well. She's got some tips for us on creativity, I believe. Um, She's a creativity coach, public speaker and entrepreneur. Thank you. (laughs) Tell tell us about yourself, Cassandra. Have I missed anything? Uh, Well, I think the main thing, and it sums it up, and I know in my work that I do with people, they often say, well, don't you just have to do one thing? And when I say to them, well, you could do what what I've called a career combo, you could do, you know, marry your passions and do multiple things. People are always um, pretty surprised. And so, yeah, I would call myself, in fact, others have called me a renaissance woman. It's just trying lots of different things. And um, most of them centered around passion and creativity. Yeah, and and we're going to kick into that in The Art of Success, which focuses very much on uh, the words of Leonardo da Vinci. So I've got to admit that I've spent a bit of time this morning um, fossicking through that book. Um, I think I downloaded it last night in preparation for this interview. If there's anything you do, uh, my listeners, go out and buy that book because your life will be changed forever. 
um, we're going to talk a little bit this morning and I'm looking at cultivating the uh, successful mindset because I thought that's one of the things that would interest us the most. Um, but before I do that, because again, I'm jumping all over the place because um, it's exciting to have Cassandra. The first thing I want to speak to you about is Midlife Career Rescue. Cassandra has three books out on, on this very subject. Now, being a bit past midlife, um, it's sort of too late for me, but Cassandra, a lot of people <laughs> want to change where they're at and move to where they want to be. Uh-huh. Well, it's interesting, the topic of what is midlife. You know, for some people, uh, tragically, midlife is, you know, could be in their 20s. Some people don't make it to 50. Some people were more and more were living into our 90s and quite well and wanting to contribute productively. So um, midlife career rescues was really invented to... Um, that notion around that ageism that exists both in the minds of, say, recruiters and employers, but also in people themselves, that they're too old to change. And, um, yeah, it's a book very much, well, the series was inspired by my own experience. I'll show you on, on the cover. You know, you can see this is book three about employing yourself and that bird flying from the cage. That's me. <laughs> when, when That's I, me. Oh, that's, we see that was me, and it's and it's actually many people, and um, it was my experience when I was working in a I worked for a big global consultancy, and um, I, I actually got shingles. It was such a stressful environment where the pursuit of the dollar was more important than working, you know, collegially with each other, and it was such a values conflict. But I, I by then I I'd become so sort of demoralized that I actually lost my whole confidence and self-esteem which again is what happens with a lot of people when they're trapped in jobs and they feel hopeless and the organization sponsored me to see a career counselor and she used uh, creative techniques and I later went on to train to be a career counselor and used the same techniques because they were so powerful and one of the techniques she did was to draw a pit get me to draw a picture and I drew this picture of this poor old grey bird stuck in this cage and she said put some words on the page and I said oh she's forgotten how to fly and this poor this career counselor burst into tears <laughs> but you know I thought okay she she helped me and she helped me understand that actually that I did value that I did have skills that I was enjoyable and I used that experience and I think that's the thing the message of hope I contain in all my books and self-empowerment is that you have to you know negative experiences can be wonderful gifts if you use them constructively so that was such a gift of being so miserable and knowing unlike other colleagues who'd had heart attacks and some had actually died I didn't want to die for my job and so I've helped many many people escape terrible um, very um, stressful um, roles and the first book in fact called The Call for Change was inspired by a client who came in and he was suicidal uh, because of his uh, career unhappiness so no no job deserves your life. (laughs) And and Cassandra herself started out as a bank teller, so she knows what she's talking about. Um, I think I was a bank teller in my day as well. Uh, We're continually, I guess, searching, and something I read was um, always move towards your mountain. And some of the stuff I was reading this morning, Cassandra, people don't move towards their mountain. They don't make decisions that take them closer to where they want to be. Yeah. Yeah, what would you put that down to? I I call it um, 
security or people mm. call it security. I've never had that problem myself. Uh, <laughs> I, I tend to ignore security. That's why I'm 55 and um, dirt poor. But um, having having a wonderful life. Um, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You're having a wonderful life. It's not always about chasing the money. Uh, I'm going to suggest that, um, and my sister will agree with me here, there's got to be some kind of balance. There's got, got to be something in the middle. And I think that's why your art of success is so very, very powerful. Um, you don't have to live like me. Um, selling selling my novels out of a caravan, yes, it is romantic. And, yeah, you can be like me if you want. Uh, but, um, but most people require more certainty in their lives than that. And you can follow your dreams and you can get where you want to be without selling your soul. Mm, mm. That's right. It's all about just having a, the grand plan. But as you say, the grand plan, having that long range view of actually going for your mountain or chasing um, what some people might call the impossible dream. You know, you mentioned this property here. Well, we always thought that would be really impossible, impossible for us to live um, way out of our major centre to uproot our lives from Wellington. My partner's in a traditional, you know, he's a mortgage uh, broker and they're traditionally in bricks bricks and mortar you know they have office fronts and you've got to go in and see them and we thought that would be an impossible dream to actually live remotely and then we started to think well what if what if it's not impossible how could it be possible and these are the sorts of questions people forget to ask and and they forget to sort of be what we call generative questions to start to ask open-ended questions and going back to the art of success well that's very much what Leonardo you know his whole success was formulated on that questioning you mentioned earlier about curiosity having having curiosity when something didn't work he didn't sort of you know think gosh I'm a useless person I'm because a lot of people have this negative self-talk if they if they stumble or fail it's kind of like they're they're such terrible useless people nothing goes right Leonardo would just think well you know what else am I learning or how else can I do it or or what else can I move on to this is boring now I'm <laughs> I'm going on to something else. So he, many people would criticise him perhaps for not finishing projects, but the projects that he did finish were very much the part the ones he followed with his heart. And not 500 years later, there's still the um, whether they're paintings or inventions, they have this this longevity that um, when you chase pebbles, they never really have that kind of magic. Yeah, and. Your your art of um, success is built on the life of Leonardo da Vinci or something something like that. I've just got something telling me I've got to go to school here. I won't do that. Just, Time to go to school. Yeah, yes. Well, this lady <laughs> says I don't have to. Uh, <laughs> I'm allowed to stay. Well, you're schooling yourself. Yeah. You know, your podcast is is very much schooling yourself, which is another thing. Of um, you know, Leonardo was very self-taught. So I mean, even at the Romance Writers Conference, you know, I heard people saying, but I don't know how to build an email list. You know, well, people, <laughs> the world is your oyster. There's the internet. There are people you can ask. You can school yourself. Um, and so Leonardo's, the book, The Art of the Success, yes, it's, it's, well, I've always been inspired by Leonardo, and you mentioned my art-related historical novel, Mona Lisa's Secret, and you'll see she's on the, she's on the wall behind me, and one of Leonardo's paintings is a very uh, little-known one called Saviour of the World, Salvatore Monday is behind me, um, and yeah, I 
so I've always been intrigued by Leonardo and I thought, well, you know, he's like so many of us creatives, isn't he? He's he's not necessarily focused um, completely. He's He's got divergent interests. He's doesn't always finish things. He's infinitely curious. He's got so many things. What one will he choose? And I, and I just thought, gosh, it would be inspiring just to combine, you know, my interests, my background, psychology and counselling, but also to, um, I'm an award-winning artist. I wanted to merge art and business together, and I thought, who better to look to than the lessons of Leonardo? But to make it, you know, we're all time challenged. So um, the art of success, you can read it in one, one hour or two hours, and your life could be radically... <laughs> radically re-engineered and you're right there's a lot of balance in there the balance of um, you know not sacrificing your work for your family Um, the balance of making sure you move and that you eat well and that you exercise because you know so many people neglect that in their quest to success you hear stories all the time I heard of your Elle McPherson burning out because she was questing after success you know totally frying her brain and had to take years to recover well why waste all that time in recovery when you can get you can um, manage the art of success by call it life work balance not not work life balance you know life first and your your health is your wealth isn't it we've heard it you know it can sound cliche but it's so very true yeah and a lot of the reading that I do uh there's this huge focus and it's mostly single guys I've got to tell you who who spend the first three of their hours powering through their workload so that by nine o'clock they're out on the golf course and they stand by the fact that they have their fancy juices and their virtual virtual trainers um and I'm going <laughs> give me a break <laughs> and they make it all sound so very easy and they say you know why aren't we all doing it and I thought well kids <laughs> cats dogs well, that's right yeah you know that's right and, and Leonardo didn't necessarily well he didn't not necessarily he didn't have children but he certainly had he had very close confidence and people who were he was responsible for who lived and worked with him so in a way he did you know he had a lot of responsibility to others the bills were paid by him their wages were paid by him he but many of these yes these other not just men they're a woman too um who perhaps, yeah, I know uh, recently, um, what's her name, Zaha Habib, the, um, she was a architect, British, Iraqi-born British architect, and she said if you don't die for architecture, you're no good. She had no children, no relationship, and yes, she died for architecture way too prematurely, I think, um, 62, was she 62? Um, so, but again, you know, the art of success, a big part of it also, Melinda, is saying to people, well, what is success to you? You know, you define success. Is, if success is not having a relationship, well, all credit to you. Go for it. But if success to you, my next book is on Coco Chanel um, and the art of success. And she, she died saying, you know, her biggest regret, the single mistake she made was giving all her devotion to work and dying without a man to love her. I thought it was terribly sad um, because that was her regret. So you, you want to get to the end of your life not regretting you quested after something that at the end doesn't really matter. 
Yeah, and uh, as you, you've moved on to your next book, um, Coco <laughs> Chanel, which is which is very very Such interesting. Awesome, isn't it? Yeah, and I'm going. <laughs> I think I'd like to read that one as well. And it's interesting that you're talking about this remote lifestyle. You're living in this beautiful, beautiful stuff uh, spot, but you're surrounded by art and culture. You can research uh, this woman from where you are. We're very mm-hmm. very spoiled, and when it comes to choices and success and all that kind of stuff. We actually can do it from anywhere. We can get that balance far more easily than a lot of times in the past, I would suggest. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. But a lot of people, especially midlifers, um, and um, I don't know, maybe it's it's just being trapped in that old mindset um, where they don't. They don't recognise the wealth of possibilities. They're still trapped in this kind of nine-to-five mentality, this sort of Monday to Friday. You know, I I might work, I don't know, eight to 11 one night and skive off the next morning. I might work on Sunday because I feel like it and not on Monday and Tuesday. We we have so much freedom that it it always... um, it just surprises me that people don't recognise, uh, especially in our culture and Western culture, you know, particularly women, we we have a whole load of choice and it's kind of like we're, we're waste, wasting our opportunities. And in fact, there was a pain, I always said, and I think I said it in The Art of Success, someone once told me that paintings are the way that um, spirit speaks to you through art. And I remember standing in front of this painting and it was a Renaissance painting and it was a picture of this nun and, you know, I was still dithering on finishing Mona Lisa's secret. And it was as though the nun said to me, well, what are you waiting for? You know, you, you've got more freedom than me. <laughs> <laughs> and and that word freedom, uh, it came up in a podcast. I think I was listening to John Lee Dermis on the way to school and he was speaking to a fellow and at the top of a lot of people's lists is that word. What What is the thing you uh, want the most? And it's freedom to make your choices, not the freedom to work less but to, to work on the things that you're passionate about and that's a key element of your book as well. Mm-hmm. Well, it was certainly... You know, uh, Leonardo's um, main quest to have the freedom to think as he chose to, you know, because there was a lot of censorship and many of his thoughts would have been um, considered heresy. Um, so he, he always says some of the things he researched he kept quite hidden and that's why you have so much mystery about perhaps symbolism in his paintings and particularly that last um, painting that's only been discovered um, a few years ago, Salvatore Monday, and the things contained within that picture of, of Jesus holding the world around orb in his hands, you know, it was chucked out by the Medici Pope, you know, he there was no way he was, he had to be Christ on earth, you know, he had to be portrayed. So, so Leonardo very much quested after his freedom, um, freedom to think as he wanted, freedom to work as he wanted. And so, yeah, he 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 loved birds, he loved flight. He was a very free-spirited man that couldn't be um, tamed. Yeah, and, and that's and that's key, to be tamed. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a uh, key key part of the Renaissance period, if you like. And as, as writers, we know that's when we got a lot of our romantic poets of Blake and Wordsworth and all those kinds of guys as well. Uh, and, you know, you're tapping into the artists of the same period. It was very romantic, but it was almost heresy because it was very restricted yeah. back then. Uh, I wonder yeah. if nowadays we're going through the same thing because we've got such a consumerist world. Let's draw the parallel and say we have to be the Renaissance women and get out there and fight for our freedom and take back our creativity because it's not valued as much as it once was. 
Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, in many ways, Leonardo was quite lucky because creativity began to be valued and the artists themselves began to be revered. Whereas before his period, you know, the, the artists were just, even Michelangelo was whipped by his, his, his father for bringing dishonor by being a lowly artisan. You know, they were seen as sort of like no disrespect to people who are, you know, plumbers and electricians and carpenters, but they, they were just seen as sort of the, whereas actually those men are the craftsmen. They, they make the magic. Um, so the, the art of success also goes into the significant obstacles that Leonardo had to face. And many, because he was still questing after freedom in a time where they weren't totally free and he had to work just as many of us do. Some of us still have to work for tyrants, you know, to a bread and butter job might be working in a role that we don't like or that we don't have the freedom. He would have to work for, say, popes and, and other people who would dictate what he was going to do, what pigments he was going to use, what it was going to look like, you know, all sorts of things. Um, and he often felt despair. So, so many people, they just succumb to their despair instead of, like, Leonardo would write affirmations. So we have records of these in his journals. He would say, you know, I do not depart from my pharaoh, meaning he there was no way that he was not going to stay on course to his mountain. You know, he, I do not depart, you know, my mind returns to hope. And he would keep affirming, affirm. he worked damn hard to to stay positive and, and during times when not everybody loved the work that he that he did and as you probably know with the last supper you know it pretty pretty much virtually nearly slid off the wall the fresco in milan um, because of his innovation and new techniques so he just had to keep believing in himself and that's what we all have to do and you're right we all have to keep fighting for our mental freedom our emotional freedom our spiritual freedom and the freedom of our children and our communities as well yeah, and being role models for our kids, that's something that I, I feel very strongly about, I guess, as a teacher. And yeah. yeah, and it's very, very hard within a system. It's very yeah. hard when you have teachers who have never been out of the system. No. And and you just think it's scary stuff because a lot of our creativity is killed inside of us when we're when we're students and you talked earlier about failure and you're no good and all this sort of stuff. And I thought that's sometimes a very clear message we send as educators. And it, mm. it's scary mm. and we're starting to do it at a younger, younger ages like family mm. preppies and and I'm I'm very much a bit of a freedom fighter and I'm I'm fighting to get as many kids as I can outside the system. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's great. Freedom fighter, you found your, you know, your purpose. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately you can't fight systems and, you know, I was listening to no. you talk about Leonardo da Vinci and I was thinking of the Catholic Church and, um, yes. you know, yeah. it was so very, very powerful and they used to, you know, kill their heretics. They used to take them out and, you know, behead them and all that kind of stuff and a lot yeah. of other tortures. So, you know, that parallel is, is an interesting one and certainly not one that we meant to delve into deeply here this morning but if you're interested in early literature and you're interested in early art just call Cassandra and I because we'll probably be still talking about it in a few weeks time <laughs> yeah and, you know spirituality uh, religion whatever you know it all has its place in in people's lives as long as they don't give their their whole power away and this is something that Leonardo was passionate about his freedom to think for himself his freedom to question you should be able to question without being censured 
or yeah as Galileo was hauled off somewhere because you thought perhaps the world operated in a different way and as we know during that time you know um, it's a big history of corruption in, in that particular organisation but going back to your being a role model for children see one of the things I did a there's a survey and I think there's a, still a link to it on my website um, a survey about the art of success and you know what might be in your way of success and many people said many women said well I, I'm just I feel guilty I, I, I feel guilty um, not giving all my time to my children and it's like oh, wake up people yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because again you know your children are often um, my daughter Hannah I raised her on my own as a single parent and I used to feel a little guilty at first and then I realized well perhaps I was going to be able to forge a better life for us by creating a better life for myself and later and I used to ask her to partner in my success you know I used to have to bribe her to go to bed for instance <laughs> when I need to study for my degree and um, she said to me later, she's 25, and she said, oh, you know, I never felt like um, mum didn't give me enough time. What mum gave me is the gift of knowing that I could follow my passion. You know, well, that was a really, you know, that was um, that was really lovely. So, again, it's like if anyone believes that there's a barrier to their success, well, that's your rock. Swarm all over it. You know, read all you can. Start to get ideas. Talk to other people that perhaps have faced those as barriers and and make it your mission. Make it your challenge. Make it your kind of a call to adventure to, to uh, conquer that rock. Yeah. Don't walk into it. <laughs> <laughs> as, as we're talking here for everyone who's listening and I will put this one up on YouTube because Cassandra is so very passionate she's sitting here shaking her hands and getting very very excited and it seems to be the way <laughs> with a few of the women that I have on my podcast and I'm thinking of one on uh, Sherry Sherry I'm going to put up as well she, she's a German lady who rode a bike around the world with her husband after having her license for a week uh, and it seems to be a key to success not only working very very hard which comes through with a lot of the romance writers I've talked to but you've really got to believe in what you're doing and be prepared to work at it and work at it because the old adage if at first you don't succeed you'll succeed along the way and look back and go oh actually I was better than I thought I was uh, are you finding that people may give up before they get to where they're going and they don't value the journey as much as they should perhaps well, we live in this kind of immediate gratification society, don't we? You know, I want it now, you know, now, 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 faster, faster. People, books are being made shorter and shorter because the attention spans are lower. Um, I think people have lost the art of patience and perseverance a little bit. And, you know, and again, that's why Leonardo is such an inspiration to me because he didn't just whip out the Mona Lisa in a week. <laughs> You know, some historians say four years, some some say um, he never stopped working on it. Um, so many of the things that are considered successful now took him a significant uh, amount of time. And so, yeah, whether, see the jury's out, do you have to believe in yourself or do you just have to maintain the hope that you will get there? Do, do you have to really believe you're that capable? Or I remember the saying, you know, and that they're using the word man, but sometimes to achieve all that he is capable of, man has to believe he's more um, talented than he than he thinks. And I think that goes back to this whole who, who wrote Mal Malcolm Gladwell? Didn't he put it out there? Ten thousand hours to 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 actually master 
I think you need to approach things as mastering a craft. And craftsmen, yeah, they put in the work and they get going and they keep believing in the fact that they can finish it. Maybe that's the thing, that they can finish it and put it out into the world. And, you know, not necessarily be worried about whether it will sell, I mean, it is a, obviously it's it's you know people say write the book you want to read and all else will follow. You have to do some market. You have to be aware of market trends, but perhaps not make that the, the sole focus. Yeah. What do you think? <laughs> I think our sound is going crazy. Uh, for everybody, we're having a few sound issues. Cassandra did ask me to check our sound earlier before we started, and I went, nah, that'll be right. Um, but we, we are having a few sound issues, and I think it's because Cassandra's got a, uh, a microphone as well. So for most of our our chat this morning, it's been really, really good, but we did just lose Cassandra totally there, and she was wondering why I didn't respond. It was because I couldn't hear a word she was saying. Um, ah, okay. <laughs> so if that remains in and we can't edit it out, it's my fault but that's all right uh yeah we were talking about that um trying to to finish trying to uh work out what what success means to us churning out 16 novels in three weeks and putting up on amazon and cracking the uh what is it cracking the bestseller list by Mm. facebook ad stacking uh just leaves me cold and Mm. I'm, i'm watching friends of mine online do it and i'm going wow that is really really exciting but why um you know Mm. it takes away the romance of the art and so I'm sitting here talking to you and I'm looking at those beautiful paintings in the background and I thought oh the romance is back it's so wonderful and and good art does take time to produce um good literature takes time to produce uh for anyone out there who's taking a little bit more time with their craft and enjoying what they're doing it doesn't mean um that you're not as successful it just means that you value value the process value the journey and I'm all for that um I I don't know there's not a day that um, my inbox is not full with um, new emails coming in saying do this in 30 days do that in 60 days and I'm going oh I'm just too exhausted uh, and Cassandra and I both talked before we started that we've we're yeah. doing some courses because uh, lifelong education is definitely a passion of mine and Cassandra's by the sound of it do your courses take your time enjoy the journey because it's not going away and as you said midlife starts at um what was it? Fifty now. So I'm just I'm midlife after all. I thought I was too old, but now I've made it. <laughs> uh, I think your message is very, very, very strong. Are you finding that the coaching side of your business is is a big part of your business? As people want to hear what you've got to say. I think the focus for me has has turned much more. Um, coaching was always a big part of my life for many, many years. So you know, fifteen, twenty odd years, and then I decided I wanted to put my focus into my books. So I've actually downsized my coaching business and I've upscaled my my writing and um, and the things related to that. So public speaking, and I'm making. And again, this comes back to this whole reinvention. You've got to make room for the new you. And so this whole work-life solutions and everything, it still goes on a smaller scale. I have coaches working with me and I train coaches, and but that's just a much smaller part of, of where I'm at now. And I decided I want to write books to connect with more people than you can ever do just one-to-one as a coach. So, yeah, it's it's the writing's become a much bigger focus. Yeah, and that's interesting because I've been doing some speaking courses with a, with a fellow who inspired me so much I've forgotten his name um but he he, he is somewhat important Uh, and he said like the one-on-one um thing is so much more important than doing things online and getting out there and writing your books and I'm going oh 
I like writing my books. I like I like yeah. my podcast and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. everyone has a different opinion, uh, and we've got to choose what works for us. And I agree with Cassandra that the writing um, is intrinsically valuable. It fills something inside of us, touches our soul, and if we can share that with anyone, then that's a wonderful thing as well. I'm really excited to know that you're following your writing passion um, because I want to talk to you about research. Obviously, you're very big into historical research. Mm, well, this is such an interesting, and as you know, we met on the, um, with Joanna Penn's course, um, Creative Freedom, again, the word freedom, and I remember her saying, actually, she never thought she could write a book, and now, you know, look at her, she's prolific. Well, I never thought I could write a historical novel. I just, you know, I'm not um, Sarah Detail, you know, I just don't, I just don't have, um, well, that was my concept. But then I, I listened to Sarah Denant, who wrote um, those books set in Florence, what was it, The Courtesan, and do you oh, know her books? Yeah, they were beautiful, there was four of them, was there? Yeah, yeah, I just can't remember the other night. Anyway, beautiful books. And she came to Wellington when I was living there and she said, Oh, well, you you know, you just um history's so wonderful because you have all the dots and then you and then you join all the dots and then you add your creative freedom. And I and Donati. I was so Donati. What's that? Donati? D O N A T I. Um, no, no, no. She's um it'll come yeah, look, we're having huge sound issues here at the moment. I've lost Cassandra altogether. Um, now she's just coming back into focus. Um, Sandra, oh, sorry, Cassandra is um, moving around a lot, um, and I think our internet's going in and out. Uh, Cassandra, we yeah, we're, and I think it could be the internet. Um, as I said, I live in a city, but we have all sorts of trouble. I have no idea why. San Cassandra's talking about Joanna Penn. She's talking about the the course that we're doing there, Creative Freedom. Uh, there are a bunch of wonderful women achieving amazing things, but Joanna Penn herself is, is a thriller writer, and she's right up there in indie publishing. And as an inspiration to all of us, she's just amazing. Um, Cassandra, you're coming along behind in her footsteps. If you've written your historical novel and you've got Coco is going to be non-fiction though isn't it yeah non-fiction but at the moment you know you were asking me about research okay. um so the historical novel is the one that's taken me longer for non-fiction uh, because it's so new to me i haven't written historical before um but the research again if you follow the thing that you're passionate about so i'm really passionate about the renaissance leonardo and i was really passionate i was doing a writer's course on body language and I suddenly had this really, and I say to people, if you want to be successful, you have to listen to your body barometer and follow that thing with passion. So I had this real strong uh, physical reaction when I looked at Mona Lisa's smile again. And I thought, I know why she's smiling. <laughs> And that began Mona Lisa's secret. That began the book. And then I just, um, my partner would say, there's three of us in this relationship. Um, Mona Lisa, you and I. <laughs> so I have books everywhere about, you know, Mona Lisa and uh, Leonardo. And so research is really easy, isn't it, really? Well, <laughs> let's just say as a form of procrastination, procrastination it is wonderful when I was doing my PhD I used to wander around the hills of mining camps for hours and hours going oh I'm working yeah one thing we'll probably have you back again and talk about all things spouses and partners um, because they do get the short shift when it comes to this art 
artist's life, I guess, because probably the last half dozen women that I've spoken to spend their time focused on their art. And I thought, actually, what does happen to the poor old spouse? Yeah, and again, that's a really good question because um, Michael Michael Haig he spoke at the New Zealand conference, and I know he did in Australia, and he and he posed this question. Michael Haig's you know the story script doctor, or uh, he works a lot with Hollywood um, movie stars, Will Smith, etc. And he has this thing about when maybe maybe the hero or heroine is saying she really wants something, but she's paying lip service because of some unspoken fear well my unspoken fear used to be because he works through this thing I'll do anything to achieve insert goals that might be to achieve you know um writing success don't just but just don't ask me to do this and so my thing was just don't ask me to to give up my relationship Mm, yeah because there's there's a belief sometimes that um, that the relationship has, and sometimes they do go. They they the relationship the spouse takes off or or it just doesn't work. But I don't I don't want to sacrifice my relationship for for a book. Yeah, and we were talking about this at school yesterday because one of my purposes is to inspire women to tell their stories that uh, in words that aren't couched around families that aren't couched around spouses that aren't couched around jobs but to find out who they are and what their story is and as women we're notoriously bad at that Uh, Mm. and and the one thing I like about the artistic community or the arts community is that we tend to have our conversations around what inspires us our passions what touches our souls but when you go out into the big wide world marriages are falling over it's really really sad and women are coming out the other end going who am I and I guess Mm. that's that midlife career thing that you've tapped into because so Mm. many of us are finding ourselves on their own Uh, I know Mm. I started out Mm. writing romances when I was 20 went off and lived happily ever after with my handsome hero for 20 years woke up 20 years later and thought what happened (laughs) where is my what happened to my writing what happened to my romance novels Uh, yeah and it's only now that we turn around and go wow we do give up a lot we do sacrifice a lot um and so I'm looking at you uh Cassandra is so bright so bubbly her eyes are sparkling she's obviously doing something right out there in the bay of ireland she is just (laughs) glowing uh and i'm i I still haven't woken up from my shower Uh, but um you i'd like you to leave us with um you went to the romance writers of new zealand conference and i'm reading a blog post here and you have a picture of a handsome hero is that your husband or partner no, that's Michael Haig. I knew that. I knew that. I'm going to edit that out, everybody. <laughs> he's very handsome. We'd all like to marry you, Michael. <laughs> yeah, well, you would because he's such a lovely, lovely – you know, I had it on my talking about manifestation. I had a, I had a goal. I just wanted him to sign my a copy of his book. I wanted him – because I'm, I'm actually quite shy, if people don't realise so, that. No, she's not. Forget that. Cancel. <laughs> I am and so again doing a Leonardo I thought okay well I'm going to amp myself up I'm going to affirm it and I'm going to get him to sign the book you know I always feel like I don't know something comes over me and I get all shy and um and we ended up just getting on really really well and spent some time with Tessa Radley a romance writer and uh, Michael showing him around Auckland and yeah Michael suggested that photo it was a bit bit fun and even my partner said oh it looks like your wedding photo yeah. <laughs> I, I thought it was your partner I, I, hey look 
you know, just ignore me. I've put my foot in it so many times now. No, he's, a lo- he's a lovely man and, and he has a lot of, uh, what I like about his work, if anyone hasn't re- um, read Michael Haig's books, can't remember the title, but it's about story or storytelling. He's really talking about the human condition and about, you know, the transformational character arc. And he led a workshop saying, you can be the hero of your own story. And I think that's the, the sort of take home message for all your people listening is, yeah, be the heroine or or if you're a, a bloke, you know, be the hero of your own story. Look at where you are. Look at maybe what Michael would call your identity or your learned behaviour or your mask or your default to cover up your fears and step into your essence. And, and essence is really about your spirituality, the thing, your passion, or in, in your case, you know, you talked about your purpose. You know, pursue your purpose, pursue your essence, and then you'll get that glow. You know, you'll get that natural glow because you, you're coming from a deepest um, place of source. You're not coming from ego. And I think when coming back to success, when you when you come from your essence, that has an energy. Look, we're connecting through through the books that I've written because I suddenly decided to stop being so PC and put myself in my books, you know, talk about things like painting speak to me without fear of being locked up or you know, listening to um, the biology of belief, Bruce Lipton's really amazing work um, books where he talked about sort of how you could transform self-limiting beliefs by some pretty new age therapy, um, which he talks about in the back of his book and I talk about in the midlife series. So you put yourself, I mean, a lot of the transformational character of our characters in our writing is they suddenly allow themselves to be vulnerable and they give up what's been holding them back and they pursue their identity or they leave their identity, sorry, and they pursue their essence and And the one love of their life, the true love of their life, sees their essence and believes so much in their essence that they give them the permission to be themselves. Now, that's a love story. Yeah, and it's also that bird in the cage, which is right where we started from. We've gone back to uh, if you have a bird in a cage and you set it free and it comes back, it's yours forever. Uh, And that that is amazing because I had a completely different ending to our interview and you've rounded it out beautifully. You've done this before, Cassandra, I'm sure. Uh, We're all just free-flowing, aren't we, today, Melinda? We decided no no practice. We've got a few sound bumps, but that's natural. And uh, we're just free-ranging today. Yeah. Um, Well, in my defence, I do have a phone here and it has Cassandra's blog on it called Powerful Creativity. It's one of her blogs she has too because... She just does everything, this woman. Um, And it's five ways to be inspired in your everyday life. And I thought that would be a wonderful way to end. But Cassandra's rounded it off, so you can't hear this now. So you're going to have to go to the blog and read it. Um, Unless I stop talking and let Cassandra very quickly run through those five things. Can you remember? No, you run through them. Why don't you run through them? You can't remember them either, can you? (laughs) (laughs) I've I've got my phone here. I've got my iPad. I've got Cassandra and I've got a cup of hot chocolate. And I've got something beeping at me telling me get to school oh the pressure okay it says surround yourself with positive people well i'm meeting some wonderful people on this podcast um 
they're out there. You're meeting them in your conferences. You're meeting them in your everyday life. You meet them through your books, I'm guessing. Um, yeah. Books, writing a book is the best thing you can ever ever do, everybody, because you get to get out there and network with the most amazing people. And writers mm. have this amazing way of saying, oh, I'm introverted and I'm shy, but they're actually the most, the, the most interesting people to talk to. They've got so much to tell us. You, you know what it is, Melinda? It's because when, when you're speaking about something you're passionate about, see, when I was planning my wedding many years ago, I wanted a table down the back of the room where no one could look at me. You know, that, that, that <laughs> I'm that girl. Yeah, right? with bride, yeah, put her at the back of the room, <laughs> ignore her. <laughs> I don't want people looking at me. And um, I used to be so rare and so self-conscious. But when you speak, I've spoken to conferences all around the world, but I'm speaking about my passion, and the passion comes from a different place. It's beyond your worrying about yourself, and you you become I don't know, more confident, more courageous, more powerful, and that's why I always say to people who are stuck, find that thing that is your true passion. It doesn't have to be extroverted. It doesn't have to be exciting. I know a man who's passionate about potatoes and has made a really good living out of, yeah, researching um, Maori potatoes, um, you know, native uh, potatoes. Um, and I know a man passionate about rocks who's created some amazing rock-themed parks. So it, it could be something complete. My partner's passionate about butterflies. Just find that thing that fills you with light and then, yeah, and then you'll connect with like-minded people like you connected with me. I didn't have to go out trolling the internet looking for you. We just we just, we just, just knew, we shared it before I even met you. Now I'm meeting you and I, I get that connection, that shared um, being these freedom fighters. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just want to go back and talk, um, you know, literature from the Renaissance period, but that's another <laughs> thing. Now there are another four things. Look, if I go through five of them, I can tell you what's going to happen here we're going to be here for another half hour i do have to go to school um it's all there in cassandra's blog uh cassandra if you'd like to let everybody know where they can find you your amazing books let us know when uh coco chanel's coming out uh what your next project is all in within the next 50 seconds please Okay, in 50 seconds, the easiest way is if, and I'm sure you'll have links on your podcast, but the easiest way is just to go to um, Amazon and um, type in my name or go to my author page, Cassandra Gaysford, and many of the books are in um, print and also in an ebook. Um, so that's or go to CassandraGaysford.com, my website. And yeah, my next projects, well, I've got a self esteem and confidence book coming out, uh, should be. September, because that's a big thing for many people, how to boost your self-esteem and confidence. Then I've got the Art of Success Coco Chanel, probably in October, and I'm just finishing the, the sort of final draft of Mona Lisa's Secret. So that, that should keep me busy and have a relationship and eat and exercise and sleep. And <laughs> And you can only do that in the Bay of Islands. Uh, and <laughs> meditate. Yeah, and look out that beautiful, beautiful window, that beautiful, beautiful view. Look, everybody, the art of success is certainly worth uh, downloading. I'd download it now and then you won't go to school just like me. It's how extraordinary, extraordinary artists can help you succeed in business and in life. Uh, Cassandra has some wonderful tips on her website. We look forward to reading the, the Mona Lisa secret when that comes out I'd love to have you come back on uh, I'll get a copy so we can talk about it to our heart's content but we'll warn everybody first this is going to be a literary talk and we're going to talk about history and art and we may not stop for a couple of hours 
look, you're beautiful. It's been wonderful. You're sparkly. I apologise for the sound, everybody. It's actually perfect now as we're finishing off, which is always the way. Um, <laughs> let's. I'll, I'll put a note at the start of the podcast that the sound has been a bit of an issue um, and people don't care. People seem to be fairly understanding of that kind of stuff. Look, thank you very, very much. Have a beautiful day. Tell me now that you're going to sit out in the sun. I go for a walk, actually. I think um, walking is good. It's like a meditation. So I'm going to go and walk around the beautiful water and I might get to see some dolphins. Have you got a dog? No, not allowed dogs here because we have Kiwis that come on the properties. So, um, yeah, it's amazing. They come in our garden and we're part of a Kiwi rescue um, team. So we're we're just trying to stop other people who shouldn't have dogs um, from from killing them, really. But on that note, I'll say goodbye. <laughs> Kiwis are little cute little brown things with long beaks. and they're, they're I know. Beautiful. So a lot of people here aren't allowed dogs on their sections. So um, trying to work co- collaboratively with people so that it's not punitive. But, but we, we all need to do more to protect these little vulnerable creatures. So, yeah, um, yeah I have Kiwis, not dogs, on my property. So yeah. they're my pets. <laughs> over, here, free. over here in North Queensland or over here in Queensland and up in North Queensland, we have cassowaries and they're a whole lot bigger and um, people don't even want to take them on. All right. <laughs> we shall talk again. Beautiful. And thank you so much for your patience. Thank you today. for having me, Melinda. It was really, really great to talk with you. Okay. Hang on. Bye-bye.